We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word, a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what is the good word? And the wise words of one Pete Weber, Stephen, who do you think you are? I am. Because the Yellow Jackets are going bowling. Amen. Hit that 7-10 split. And also because it is the week of clean, old-fashioned hate. It's to hell with Georgia as well. We've got multiple good words on this podcast today. Amen. All right. Preaching. So I have said multiple times on this podcast, which is now up to, I believe this is episode 54. I didn't look ahead of time. But we are, um, yes, we are going bowling. Very excited about that. If you don't know who Pete Weber is, by the way, go to YouTube and search Pete Weber, uh, the bad boy of bowling, because we are, five, after five years, we're going bowling. I have said many times on this podcast, we, we, we're going to try and not go too long, that this could be a short show. We are going to have one news update, and then we are going to spend the show talking about the Syracuse game and looking forward to clean old-fashioned hate and us uh, facing those puppies from Athens. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about that, and there really shouldn't be so much in-depth discussion because this is a time of rejoicing, and we're going to bask in the glory of the fact that we are back to somewhat level of relevancy going to some kind of bowl for the first time in five years. Before we get to that, I do want to cover the uh, volleyball team. They are preparing for their last regular season game, their last ACC game, actually happening Wednesday. So as you are listening to this, it'll be tonight, Wednesday the 22nd at 5 o'clock. They are facing Louisville. They're going into that game being 22-5 and overall, 13-4 and in the conference. They are still... Uh, they they had made it made it back up to their ninth ranking, and over the weekend they unfortunately uh, it split. They went uh, at Miami. They lost three nothing at Miami, but they finished strong at home against Syracuse ah, on Sunday. The mm-hmm. volleyball team was inspired by the football team and swept Syracuse three zero. So they face number <coughs> seven. Uh, they were number nine. They are now number twelve. So on the 22nd, it's their last regular season match at number seven, Louisville. Uh, They are now ranked 12. So Georgia Tech finishes out the regular season. We'll see what happens in the ACC tournament, and we'll see what happens if they make it to the national tournament. So go Jackets, beat Louisville, finish your season 23-5 and 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 14-4 in the conference is what we hope for. Um, A brief other update. Georgia Tech alum Joseph Anoa'i, a.k.a. Roman Reigns, a.k.a. the head of the table, a.k.a. the king of the island of relevancy, is still your WWE Undisputed Universal World Heavyweight Champion. I believe that's the official title. I'm probably out of order on a couple things. Elijah will correct me later. So he is the uh, – we do acknowledge that acknowledge. he is the head of the table and, and the head of the island of relevancy. But thankfully the football team 
made it back to the island of some kind of relevancy. Before we talk about the actual uh, game against Syracuse, I did want to give one other shout out because we wanted to shout out field reporter Stacy, who did give us a good piece of news and information about the long snapper for Georgia Tech and did want to point out that, uh, you know, <laughs> no other, there's, there's something to love about our team. And it is that Henry Freer is the long snapper for the Georgia Tech football team. He is in, he is getting his doctorate. So in chemical and biomolecular engineering, no less. <laughs> It's not just like a doctorate. It's, it's, it's a doctorate in something that very few people do. So when you get to be a graduate transfer, it's so that you can go start your master's or continue your master's studies because you got through college early for whatever reason, dual enrollment, whatever. But here... He's also a published second author on an academic paper. So, you know, Mr. Henry Freer, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of Clean Old Fashioned Hate this week. But we got the only, we're the only team with a doctorate on the yeah. you know with a doctorate a doctor on the field in general on the a doctoral candidate <laughs> on the field. So we salute you, sir. No bad snaps all year. Let's continue that tradition and enjoy going bowling because who do you think you are? I am Joshua. Who do you think you are? I am. We got to go bowling because of the game against Syracuse. Everybody, sit back, relax, get your favorite beverage. As Scott Adams might say, mine would be coffee. Uh, we're not going to do a simultaneous sip. Instead, we're going to do a simultaneous enjoyment of the review of the game that got us to six wins and eligible for a bowl. Joshua, take it away. Georgia Tech against Syracuse at the Dodd whiteout night game, doing a lot of stuff with the strobe lights. Um, and it, it worried me a couple times. I thought that kickoffs were going to be delayed because this field was still darkened. But anyway, Syracuse came in. Um, I believe their starting quarterback had been hurt in some way, shape, or form, Garrett Schrader. So they were running a bit of an un unconventional offense. They were running a wildcat offense, which I haven't personally seen since the 2008 Dolphins. And they had done it against Pitt to yes. beat them the week before. Yeah, to, to great effect. Um, they would alternate between their running back. Um, what was his name? Doesn't matter. Yeah, um, it was like LaQueen Allen or something. LaQueen, yeah, LaQueen Allen. Allen. Yes. And then um, Dan, Dan Valari, their tight end, who was wearing two gloves. Um, and Valari was their main thrower of the football. He was 14 of 14 on the night for 59 yards. He did not throw a pass past the line of scrimmage until like the fourth quarter. And, it and was that a, one was intercepted. It, no, no, no. It was a five. No, no. That was, I was going to get to that. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. He threw they, threw, they ran like, I think a fake screen, and he threw a five-yard stop pass <laughs> to one of the wide receivers who got like eight yards out of it. Okay. But either way, so they were running the ball a lot, and Georgia Tech struggled a little bit. But this, ladies and gentlemen, was a game that we had not seen from the Yellow Jackets, and they showed it on the broadcast. Um, Georgia Tech built a lead. So they ended the first quarter up 7-3. to three. Um, They scored um, on their first real possession of the game, at least from what I remember. They, they had a good drive. They scored. Yes. Touchdown pass to Jamal Haynes. Uh, they gave up a field goal, so it was 7-3. to three. But Georgia Tech went into the half up 17-3. to three. After a 53-yard touchdown to Dominic Blaylock and a field goal at the end of the quarter, the problem was, and then they scored. Um, they turned over on Syracuse on Syracuse, the kickoff. On the kickoff, yes. yes, they forced a fumble from behind. First play after that, they ran for a touchdown. So it was 24 to three. I was feeling good. We were feeling good. Everybody was feeling good. But then we started to see Syracuse do what a lot of teams have done to Georgia Tech, and that was chip away. 
So they scored a touchdown, um, take it to 10 to 4, 10 to 24. They scored another touchdown, 24-16 coming out of the third quarter. And then about halfway through the fourth, they scored again to make it 24-22. They did miss on the two-point conversion, I believe. So that's why it was like that. And then you had Georgia Tech methodically drive down the field, burn about five and a half minutes of the clock, and score a touchdown, make it 31 to 31 to 22. And this is when the great irony, Stephen, comes in. They put in the redshirt sophomore, deemed the throwing quarterback. First pass intercepted by the redshirt freshman linebacker. Oh, I thought Kyle it had Lefford. been the other guy. I thought it was the other guy who they did not know. It was not Schrader. Interesting. They put um, the throwing quarterback. And I think that guy had been in the game and had a couple runs, I thought, earlier. No, so um, it was McPhail was his last name. Okay. So Garrett Schrader had come in, the starting quarterback, yeah. the main guy. He had come in on the goal line, handing off for more conventional plays. And the only other guy that had thrown a um, a pass was, I believe, like a wide receiver. Yeah. Or something. He, he threw one for out. negative yeah. six yards. Yeah, yeah. The, then McPhail comes in, 0 for 1, one interception. They deemed him the throwing quarterback on the broadcast, and he immediately threw right at a linebacker sitting on a slant. It was not just any linebacker. It was Kyle Efford. Kyle Efford, who man. has been a he breakout is, star of the last couple games. He has he has shown up and shown out. Yeah, I, I so I got to attend that game. I uh, actually got to attend that game with friend of show Kent. So shout out to Kent for uh, allowing me to accompany him to uh, Bobby Dodd, and we got to see. We actually got to see the the hell of a block party. Uh, actually got to meet Haynes King's parents and we oh. thank them profusely. Uh, <laughs> and he, they mentioned that he's, he is so happy to be here and, and loves being on the campus. So we thank them for that and got to enjoy uh, a great atmosphere. The student section was full, big shout out to the, the student section at tech. The stadium was, was fairly full, about two thirds. Uh, we, it, the best crowd I've seen there in a long time. The crowd was loud. The crowd was into it. And the crowd was getting worried in the third quarter. Yeah, because, we all were. Yeah, so Tech showed so well with so much offense. And then they went through this stretch where it it just seemed like they lost what they were doing well. Yeah. And they tried to do, I think, a little – they got a little too cute. I think they got a little too fancy. Um you know, Jamal Haynes had a great run with a fumble at the end of it after. That um, was very unfortunate. Yeah, it, yeah there, he, there was just a couple things not going their way. Yeah, right? and Haynes was very broken up about that. But So what I thought was interesting was when they got it to within two and then missed the two-point conversion, shout out to the defense who really kind of stood up a couple times against Syracuse. Yeah. Then they got the ball, and I remember thinking it's just under eight minutes, and I thought they need to chew up clock and they need to go score. Because you want to go up by by more than you don't want a field goal to win it. You want them to make the have to make a touchdown, and that drive was Haynes King and Jamal Haynes running the running basically an option. It was a single option. It would it would have made it would have made Paul Johnson proud. It, it was it was they it, it was very obvious that Haynes King to me did not want to take the ball out of his own hands. And the line, and the offensive line, they went back to something they found that worked, and he just read it. They read it correctly. They hit the holes every time, and they were getting big chunks, and they were getting five to seven yards on every run. So they they went to the well and said, "You're going to have to stop this, and then we'll play off of this." And and Syracuse did not stop them. They marched all the way down the field, and they scored a touchdown. 
Absolutely. and put the game away. And then, uh, and then Efford made, uh, Efford made a fantastic. He, was, yeah, he, he just did, threw it right to his head. It was he great that he him. made the catch. Yeah. Most linebackers probably wouldn't, but like. He made a lot of plays. He just game. sat there. Yeah. The, um, a lot of the defense made a lot of plays. The other notes that I had taken down on the game, just to kind of fill in a couple of the blanks. Um, Eric Singleton has had an f- amazing freshman campaign. Let's, let's not get that confused. But he has had four pretty consequential yeah. drops in the last two games. The two against um, Clemson, they were on deep balls. I, I feel like he could have tracked them. It looked like he could have maybe made a basket catch. I think with time and, and experience, it happens. Yes. Um, but in this game, one of them wasn't great. Right. One of them was on a deep ball. Yes. It looked like maybe he got overthrown just a little bit, but I feel like he makes that catch. The other one was horrendous. He was wide open. Haynes jumped, jumped had, early. Haynes had made a great play yep. to keep the play alive, found him, hit him in the hands. Yep. But it looked like he jumped a little early, and he was looking at the defense to see if somebody was going to yep. come hit him, and it slipped out of his hands. But – He's been so valuable to the passing attack this whole year. I'm trying not to hold it against he, him. He's a true freshman. We will forgive him for yes. all the great plays he's made, but we will challenge him. The way you get to greatness and the next level, you got to clean that up and you got to make most of those plays yeah. instead of having this many drops at this point. So thank you. Now go do better. The other big one was Syracuse. I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know. If Dino did it, I don't know what it was. Syracuse played this game very physical. It was very, um, very chippy on there. And from the first drive, their wide receivers were getting in our DB's face. Um, their D linemen were were yapping. Everybody was kind of getting into it. It sees it. She showed in the stats they had twelve penalties called. Yeah, I think it's a credit to the Yellow Jackets that they only had three. They didn't really retali- retaliate a ton. Um, except for apparently one guy spit at some point. Yes. Apparently Horace Lockett spit on somebody. I didn't skip. They didn't show a replay, but if he did, it's not a good decision, but, um, that was the only time we saw it. Other than that. And like LaMiles Brooks kind of gave a little extra, a little extra effort out of bounds, which is what it is. Uh, there was an egregious mistargeting call or at yeah. least a missed roughing the passer because Haynes King got tag teamed in that pocket. And I've seen that called nine times out of 10. Uh, they also it looked like they missed a fair catch interference call. I wasn't. They never showed a replay, and I thought it was strange. But he called Dominic Blaylock called a fair catch. He caught it, and then he got knocked over. And I didn't know if he got a guy got blocked into him or not. Um, but and I never got. They didn't show a replay, so I didn't. I can't give you an answer. But it was interesting. But shout out to the Jackets and shout out to Brent Key. Brent Key, I noticed at the end of the game. When Syracuse was doing the thing that teams do when they're losing, when a team's in victory formation, where they try to get a rise out of somebody and they intentionally like fire off the ball and yeah. try to shove a guy back, Brent and had all of his coaches telling all the players, stay on the sidelines, back up, we're not getting involved in yeah. this. And nobody, nobody said anything, even when their little short, little chubby defensive tackle shot through and started yapping. The only guy that really said something was the running back, and that was because he ran up, got up to, into the running back's face, which I thought was funny. He went for the smallest guy on the field. Let's go for the five eight guy. Yeah. Well, at the end of the game, the 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 players went over to celebrate with the student body. Um, there were some there were some classy moves of shaking hands and stuff, but th- this was a for some of these players, you know, Dante Smith in particular. It, it was a five year journey. Yeah. of getting back to to being somewhat relevant and 
there were a lot of guys going to celebrate. They, they were, I, I, you know, I don't think they, listen, they took a knee when they got to the one yard line and every, we were, I mean, I was like, man, punch it in. They're, yeah. they're going to play like that punch. So the class thing was to take a knee and there were some handshakes on the field, of course. And Brent Key did what he needed to do. But um, that, as, as Syracuse was leaving the field, I thought, I know what that looks like. That's a team in disarray. That's a team. Yeah, well, the head coach, the coach got fired right, afterwards. The so. coach, has, coach has lost the team. I, you know, shout out. I think he did the best he could with the situation he had, but he he had never won more than three or four games in a year. Yeah, so. Dino was on the hot seat coming in yeah. last season. Yeah, no question. So I'm glad we're not them. I'm glad we're starting to try to build something and we can – point to some things and go, we got some good wins. We got six wins. We are going bowling. We'll talk about the bowl game when it gets declared. I kind of hope they keep them in the Southeast so that tech fans don't have much of an excuse to not go. I've seen ideas of pinstripe bowl, but I'd love to see the Birmingham bowl or I saw the, the Gasparilla bowl. Yeah. Well, that's UCF. a, that's a tier two. I, I, I think there's, there's a pop tart bowl in, in Orlando, which uh, uh, Elijah would love the pop tart bowl. But you know, it's a it's a game in Orlando. The of course tax slayer and all that. We'll see with the quality of opponents that Tech has played. I think there's a chance they could be an early grab yeah, I, earlier I than. But and there's a lot of six. There's a lot of you know the way that bowl games are selected is all about like TV contracts and various yep. different things. So we'll see what it is. I'm excited to see the Jackets play one more time. Yep. Um, but we've got another big game coming up. Let's up do this it. week, Stephen. Let's do it. It's clean old-fashioned hate. Uh, it is rivalry week. It is time to play the puppies. Rivalry week. Uh, this is a primetime game on Saturday. Georgia has a lot of night games this week, this yep. year. Am I, am I crazy for yep. Georgia, Georgia comes into uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium and at Hyundai Ooh. Field, and they play 7.30 on ABC. 24-point favorites, if you're into that. Yes. So... That means that, you know, the home field usually gives you three points. So they're saying Georgia is 27 points better than Georgia Tech. So now there are plenty of fans that are going to get on there and let's do it. Let's do it. You know, we can do it. We, we do this. We do this. So here's the thing. My message continues to be the same. I want to see Georgia Tech play well. I want to see some good things. To be honest, last year we had the lead on Georgia at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, we it was like what seven to three. Yeah, we 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 did some things to 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 you know at least have a brief glimpse, and that was that Georgia team. I don't know if they've been behind at all at the end of the first quarter that year much. So this is a listen. If you haven't figured out who this Tech team is at this point in time, if our offense can control the ball running it, if we can get a couple of big plays, if our offense can score enough points to make this interesting, then all you're hoping for is the defense can find a way to stop Georgia at least a few times. That's the chance. Now, how much of a chance do they have? Look at all the stats and everything will say there's a reason why they're 23-point favorites or 24-point favorites, whatever it is. No one is giving Georgia Georgia Tech a chance in this game. No, not at all. Georgia fans are thinking this is a tune-up ahead of time, and they are looking past. There's no question they're looking past. Kirby's doing probably whatever he can to keep them you know, focused because they're looking at the next game. The reality is this game has no bearing on their college football playoff. 
No, it does. Well, because okay. if they lose, they're yeah. out. Well, but they win the SEC. They go win the SEC. They could still be in as a one-loss team. Yeah. So but it would they make it because there's still an opportunity. If they beat us, they go in undefeated, and they like lose to Bama. There's still an argument for they're the four seed. Yeah. Now, some people would go, well, you can't be a fan unless you want them to win. Of course, I want them to win. But this whole season, to me, and more often than not, Tech has shown some level of we're getting there, we're getting better, we're we're moving forward. Here is your chance. I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. If you play a good game and then walk off and see where you're at, don't walk off this field embarrassed. Don't walk off this field going we played terribly. If you walk off this field and say, and we can point to some good things, we can point to we stood up, we can point to we're not pushovers anymore. That's something to me. Joshua, your thoughts? Um, I mean, Kirby Smart is is definitely doing his best to keep the focus on this game. In his uh, press conferences and in his most recent kind of public comments, he's been very complimentary of Georgia Tech, specifically their offensive line. Uh, but just the rivalry in general, he says, this is our biggest rival. You know, I, I view this as a state championship game. This is our chance to win a state championship. Brent Key said very similar things. So, I mean, they – they both <clears throat> are very aware of the history. Brent, because he played it. They both played it. Yeah, yeah. Kirby I mean, they both. Georgia. They both know. Sorry, in my head for some reason I thought he played at Bama no. for like five seconds. I'm slightly dumb. That's okay. Um, but yeah, they both know the importance, and so it means a little bit more to them. Which sounds like a cliche now. I sound like I'm on sports talk radio, but they they understand. And I think that they're doing everything they can to keep their team focused on this. Haynes King was quoted as saying, "They asked, when are you going to start preparing for the Georgia game?" He goes, "As soon as the sun comes up." And that's a so that's a that's an answer. But um, don't get it confused. This Georgia team is the best team in college football. Um, their offense has gotten better from last year. Carson Beck has actually been an upgrade over uh, Stetson Bennett. Their defense doesn't have the same caliber of name, but they're getting the same level of results. Um, and every time they've played a ranked team or anything like that, they've basically immediately stepped on their necks. That's that's what I've like when they played Kentucky when they were ranked. It was like, oh, this is their first big test. They destroyed them. They did the same thing to Tennessee. Tennessee had one great play at the beginning of the game, 75 yards, and then they didn't score again until like the fourth quarter. They did, they've done it to every ranked team they've played. Georgia Tech's not a ranked team. They have a – seems like they have a history this year, Georgia, of letting some of the lesser teams kind of hang around. Yeah. They haven't destroyed – they've destroyed the good teams. But when they've played like the – the middle tier of the SEC, they kind of put a scare in them in the first half, and then they get their throat stopped in in the third quarter, and Georgia runs the ball for the in the fourth and just kind of runs the clock out. And, and listen, Georgia Tech's defense has shown that they can have trouble stopping people. Okay? Yes, they're opportunistic. And, and it might be that uh, Georgia just, just scores a ton of points. So – I think the best chance for this team is the offense has to figure out how to score points while also keeping Georgia's team on the sideline, which that, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's hard I, to do because this defense is fantastic. And, they're very, and, and listen, the Clemson game showed us when you play really good upfront defenders, our, our blockers can struggle with that and the speed can, can kill us. Yeah. So I, I don't know what they, you know, listen, Buster, you got your shot. Here you go. Shot number one to take down your former team and show that you are a wizard with the play calling. And Haynes, 
I know that Haynes's mobility and Haynes's ability gives us potentially opportunities to turn, mm-hmm. you know, chicken blank into, you know, chicken salad. Lemon and eliminate. Yeah. Lemon and eliminate, and, and baby. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think our running backs could the, – the speed of this offense could, could cause some problems yeah. and we could make some plays. And if we can be opportunistic, the ball bounces your way. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, our DBs are are pretty good at turn at creating turnovers. We would be, um, we would have a much better turnover differential if Haynes King wasn't a gunslinger. Right. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. Haynes King King's gunslinging tendencies plus multiple lost fumbles. We have a zero turnover differential, so we have turned other teams over right. a pretty significant amount, which is something that I was actually skeptical of us repeating from last year. But, um, but. <laughs> You have to have that gunslinger to get some of the offense yeah, we've been. No, one hundred percent. I mean, he's, so I, I listen again. It's like it's the Brett Favre conundrum, right? <laughs> I mean, the moment you take away the gunslinger, you take away everything that makes him special. Well, and actually, what you know, and I'll I'll put it a different way. Paul Johnson always gave us a shot to potentially be in games that you look on paper and go they shouldn't be in, and it was because of the way we ran the offense. We could control the ball forever, yada yada yada, all that stuff. I think, to some extent, in a very different offense. Again, it, you know, there's a reason why Haynes King has broken Joe Hamilton's record. He's he's very much like Joe Ham yeah. in that he goes out there and you, if you get the good offense, holy cow, we might not be able. It's going to be hard to stop us. So do you do they hang around for a half? Do they hang around for a quarter? I just don't want us to go out there and be embarrassed, and I don't think we should. I there's no, we are good enough. <coughs> We should at least show up and show, okay, we're we're coming for you. We're we're starting to get better. So let's see what happens. Um, as long and, as we don't end up on a TikTok video in about a year or two from Haynes King saying he was told by a defensive tackle, you guys are so underprepared. Yeah, that's your. I, I don't. I don't want to see your go to because it's when I saw it, I was like, I, it makes so much sense. <laughs> I'm I'm glad other people saw it. All right, so. Uh, so that's it for ba- uh, for football. I do want to make one other quick basketball point. This this podcast is being posted on on Wednesday. Wednesday night, not only do you have the volleyball team at Louisville, you have the basketball team playing at Cincinnati. Uh, this is the first, you know, the basketball team has been this weird roller coaster. Hey, can you tell when we're rebuilding these programs, it's going to be a roller coaster. So we had we had a blowout second half against Georgia Southern. We had a great comeback uh, in the second game. And, and then we played absolutely horrendous and, and looked bad, uh, in our third game. So now we're playing a legit power five team in Cincinnati who, you know, I I don't think they're expected to be in the elite eight later, but they're good team. So here's a good test. And, and so you had your three warmup games. Now you got Cincinnati, uh, you got Duke and, um, uh, there's one other, that I can't remember. And uh, so you, you're starting to, oh, it was uh, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State. So your next three games for Georgia Tech basketball are, are going to, we're, we're getting right into it and, and we're going to see where we're at. Uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more than just give it to Miles and clear out. We'll see what Damon has. Uh, but just wanted to say, so watch, watch the Cincinnati game on Wednesday. It's actually on ESPN plus. So if you got ESPN uh, membership. Go ahead and look at that. Um, I don't have any. I mean, that this is where we really start to see how how close or far we already are. Um, I mean, again, they're not necessarily any uh, 
Goliath other than Duke. But yeah, you know, I mean, we we lost to UMass Lowell or whatever yeah. their name was. I right. mean, Georgia, we haven't earned or proven really anything. I'm willing to get David's going to get plenty of time. I'm not going to start yeah. calling for his head no, ten no, games no. in. No, no. I'm not. You you should know I'm not that guy. But at least we'll know where we're starting from based on these next couple games. It, if not, yeah, this is. This is, you know, figure out who we are. And it may take this whole season. It may take half a season. Uh, let's just see some improvement. But listen, when we started back up for the second year, uh, second academic year of this podcast, it was, I sure hope we've got some interesting things to talk about. So far through the football season, we had some crazy, horrible down. We had some really good up. And we're going to go bowling. Let's see what basketball gives us. Uh, and we're just getting started. Let's see how volleyball finishes. Let's get into the spring sports. Let's see if golf can compete again for the national title. Uh, we do have one national title winner in Buzz, the 2023 national champion mascot. So, hey, we got something. Uh, and you Golf know, team this year. Golf team, la- yeah. We'll get them. Uh, last spring. They're coming back. Yeah, qualified. A lot of people coming back. So, uh, anyway. We've rambled on long and long enough. The biggest thing is we thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we have definitely gone pe- beyond the dozens and dozens of fans, and we thank you for that. If you know any other Georgia Tech alum or fans, tell them about us. Uh, tell them about what's the good word. I was walking around the Bobby Dodd and yelling out what's the good word, and after people would say to hell with Georgia, I go, by the way, it's a great podcast. So I did my job uh, trying to find Word a of few. mouth. Yeah, exactly. It's not dead. So when you when you see another tech fan uh, on the street and you chat you say hey what's the good word and they of course yell back the loving phrase of to hell with Georgia remind them or just say hey that's a good podcast if you want to catch up on Georgia Tech athletics let us know what your thoughts are on this football team as we wrap up the season Joshua Julian twenty six at outlook.com. I believe I got us out right before thirty minutes so for Joshua the fan this is Stephen the alum and we have one question for you what's the good word. 